0: Hi, welcome to the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here with Dr. Evelyn Sue. Hi, Hi. Evelyn is one of my best friends. She's also a liver transplant expert. Um, She's from the fair lands of the Midwest like I am, and we met the very first day of pediatric residency, but she went on then to do a fellowship in gastroenterology and then do a sub-specializing fellowship in just learning about the liver, and we're here to talk about organ donation. There's a couple things you need to know about Dr. Evelyn Su, before we start. Think of these as like little whispers in your ear that can help you understand more about her. She's a fierce advocate. She's also a speed reader, and I mean this seriously. (laughs) I mean, like, this is real. She's one of those people who are like, oh, yeah, there are speed readers out there. Like, you'll be sitting in a room or, like, off on vacation, and you're reading your little book, and you turn one page, and you'll hear this, like, flip, 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 flip. And you're like, that's a joke, right? And then you'll quiz her on what she read, and she actually knows what's in there. True story. <laughs> My husband says I read every third word, but I just write him down. That's what it seems like. The yeah. thing is she remembers it all, too. So anyway, know that going into this as we talk about the opportunity with organ transplantation and ultimately the horrors that surround the cases of organ transplantation and why it's such a miracle. Evelyn is so credible, so smart, so hardworking, and a mom to two. So, um, Dr. Sue, help us understand a little bit about just at, like, 30,000 foot level, what is organ transplantation? Like what? When, when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to become a donor. I mean, why and what does that mean? I think that you have to think back
1: to what life was like before organ transplantation, before you really understand what the impact of or- organ transplantation has been. And so it started in like the 80s, right? It started, yeah, the very first one that was ever done, the very first successful one that was ever done was 1967. But really, there was a lot of work that went into developing it and making it the standard of care. And it wasn't uh-huh. until the 1980s that it became the standard of care. Okay. So um, back before it became the standard of care for people who had end-stage liver disease, and that means that their livers just no longer work. And you need your liver. The you liver can't, is, live you liver. can't live without a liver. You um, can't live without a liver. You don't have two. No, you don't have two, <laughs> and you can't live without it. And um, children who have liver disease, the most common cause of liver disease is something called biliary atresia, which is a disease that children get in infancy. So within the first two months of life, and they become jaundiced, and their livers fail. And um, you mean, so
0: what that means, like they get yellow, right? So okay. when we're always checking those bilirubin levels in those little babies, it's to make sure that those levels don't ever get too high. But these kids are born really without the right tubes that That's connect right. and kind of drain their liver. And when they don't have those tubes, it backs up and then it clogs up their liver and damages it. That's
1: right. And it damages it beyond um, repair. Yeah. So when it damages it like that, um, we can only kind of support them um, until they die unless there is – Um, an organ that we can transplant. So you can replace that sick and diseased and scarred liver with another liver that -hmm. comes from an organ donor, and you can change a dying, sick child into a normal child, you know, a beautiful, normal child going to school, playing sports, going to college. You You can perform this miracle, essentially, and change their lives,
0: you know, change their families' lives. So these kids used to die? Absolutely. Yeah. So these babies were born, beautiful, mm-hmm. totally well-appearing normal babies. Mm-hmm. Then this little tube that's not there, just because congenitally it didn't get formed, yeah. clogs up a liver. These kids used to scar, uh, scarf the liver and die. And then really, since the 80s, 90s, and now into the 21st century, right, we're, we're transplanting more regularly. So these kids can live what? Could they live till they're 80 years old?
1: They can. That's the hope. We always say, you know, I always say I want to um, we want to transplant a life. You know, we want to make these kids into grandparents, not get them one year of life or five years of life. You know, we want to make their lives so that they can be among us and live the miracle. It's not really worth doing unless
0: they can do that. Yeah. So so one of the things that when you go through medical school and training, I got a little teeny view into transplantation, partly because of my ethics training as well. I think I talked and thought about it a lot academically, but really didn't get the really hands-on close view that you've had. So Dr. Sue takes care of children who are dying and who need transplantation before and after they get an organ. Help us understand, i like, what... So... Here's a child who becomes ill as an infant, and as they become progressively more and more ill, like they, quote unquote, move up on the list, right? Because they need to get an organ more urgently. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Like what happens in that family's life and another family's life who may be losing someone or someone donating a part of their liver? Tell us a little bit about that process.
1: Yeah. So they're very separate things. You know, the, the child who is getting sicker and sicker and spending more time in the hospital, needing more medicine, sometimes needing, they can't absorb what it is that they're taking in by mouth or you know taking in from a bottle and so they need a tube to help us feed them and give them calories sometimes they don't even absorb that and they need mm-hmm. a central line placed the, so that we can give them nutrition and make sure that they grow because the healthier they are at the time of transplant the better that everything will go yeah. um, and they wait and they wait and these families are it's excruciating they're so worried. We're so worried about them. Uh Um, And, you know, every minute,
0: every day, every week that passes by is more of a decline um, for the child. So these families literally are stuck in the hospital and they're just waiting to hear there's a match out there, right, where someone who's got the capacity, uh, either a live donor or a cadaveric donor, right, right, right. has the capacity to match up blood type and some other protein matches that we do, right, right. to make sure it matches. That's right. Antibodies and whatnot. But Um, I think that
1: for a donor, so what happens, you know, to in order to make this miracle happen, you Mm -hmm. know, and it is a miracle, is that um, somebody would sign up, you know, or any of us could sign up and register to be an organ donor. And so organs usually come um, from somebody who
0: has Died tragically. Mm-hmm. And like, so let's give some examples. So I think about it most commonly as like in, in the PEDS population, a near drowning event is a common way. That's right. Where somebody almost dies <laughs> because of a near drowning, and, they're, and there may be their brain stem still alive, or they're kind of in a you know, they're they're not fully alive anymore, but their blood is still pumping to their organs, so their organs maintain That's their correct. health. That's correct. Or they're, the, what
1: they have is irretrievable brain damage. So the, the doctors have done everything in their power, mm-hmm. and they always do, to save their lives. Mm-hmm. Everything that they have
0: done, exhausted everything. Yeah. But that they are legally brain dead. Yeah, and that just so people understand. I mean, it's funny. I just took my pediatric boards again, as did you, because every ten years mm-hmm. we have to do that. And Dr. Sue and I are ten years out of our residency yes. now, or our boards exam. Like, yay for recertification! Yay for <laughs> recertification. Except that was painful. But, the, um, but good for the world, I think that we do it. Yeah. But the, um, you know, when, when I was answering questions about that, right? Just as a reminder to the public, you know, a, a cadaver donate. I mean, pe- that, that means everything has been exhausted, and a family you know i think in some ways get set free by knowing that as they lose their family member there are other families that get the gift of this life right and those yeah. are some of the taglines in organ donation right. campaigns but it's real it's like right. you're losing you're something horrible might be happening yeah. in this family's life but there's this opportunity to take these live healthy organs particularly right. if someone hasn't had a chronic disease has had a terrible event like in your drowning or something right, right? and give these organs right. a- away and it really it's donation is not even it's not even an
1: option unless the person is legally irretrievably, um, brain death. Yeah,
0: that's back to the board's question. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of things you have to yeah. answer on the boards of like, what has to happen before this could even but be considered? But I think considered. it's important.
1: I think some people don't often know there's some communities who wonder and are worried uh, from yeah. a trust standpoint about whether or not we do the right thing, <laughs> whether or not, you know, having <laughs> organ donor or on their card to get it for a means that they, yeah. somebody
0: wouldn't try as hard to save them. And that yeah. is absolutely not the truth. Yeah. So say that again. I mean, that's really yeah. important. If you've got organ donor on your card, it's not like the medics aren't going to do something for you at the scene of an accident. Exactly. Exactly. That they, they will do everything within their power. Yeah. And
1: it doesn't even matter until somebody is irretrievably, um, has irretrievable brain damage. Yeah. And then only in that time is the family allowed to consider the option of having something else come from a horrible
0: tragedy. Yeah. And so, you know, that I think it makes this issue. I mean, you're so you're, you spend your life taking care of and supporting kids before and after transplantation. You see the burden of that. You know, the, you quoted me that one in 10 kids dies on a wait list. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it means there's not. So that's the that's the big announcement here. Right. Is that there aren't enough organs available right now because of the process by which people opt in. That's right. right? For donation that every kid who needs an organ gets one so that this miracle happens. Right, right. And in fact, there's some countries, um, I think Germany um, and some
1: other European countries have decided to have opt-out systems so that everybody is an organ donor unless they decide to opt out. Um, There is a very um, motivated, enterprising and charismatic um, young Mm -hmm. woman named Gracie Parrish from um, Ohio who whose sister received a, a liver transplant three years ago for biliary atresia. And she's been working very hard in a in a social media campaign to try to get this bill passed. She calls it Anna's bill after her sister. Um, to try And to she's change a high s- school she's student. She's a high school student. That's amazing. Yes, it's yeah. really amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 and she's amazing. working so hard um, because yeah. she just— To turn it into an opt-out To system. turn it into an opt-out because 95% of Americans agree that organ donation should be— um, in favor. I mean, they are in favor of organ donation. 95% of people so, believe yeah. so that, we pulled, that we should do I don't know, this. So, yeah. And listen, most of us probably
0: would be like, "Well, of course we should exactly. transplant. Exactly. To save lives, to make this miracle happen." But yeah. only 52% of people are registered. How many 52? Mm-hmm. So, flip of a coin. Exactly. So, it, and and let's talk a little bit about that so that you may think you're registered. You may be driving around listening to this podcast right now or walking or whatever you're doing. You may think you're registered. And you know what? I I mean, I know it's – I've got that little heart on my um, driver's license, and it's in my advanced directives. Yeah, it's, in my okay. it's in my living will. It's in my – it's in all the paperwork that I finally did. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband knows. My mom knows. You know, you know, people like my powers of attorney that I have. Because you have that heart on your driver's license, you probably yeah. are, but it's always okay. good to check. Okay. to see okay. if you're a part of that registry. Yeah, and it's always good, of course, to let the people who you love know. That's I mean, right. there's something at Thanksgiving called um, the Five the five Wishes mm-hmm. and a campaign called Engage with Grace, which a, a very good friend of mine named Alex Drain helped found, which is literally just five questions to talk about with your family every Thanksgiving, which is kind of what do you want at the end of your life? And donation can be part of that just to make sure, like, there's no question, right? I mean, in my mind, I look at it as having seen the miracle that you've seen. Right. I, I want... I want that now. Not everyone will agree with that because of rel- religious or right. philosophic differences, or maybe it just doesn't seem right to you. But it's worth learning more about transplantation yeah. so that you can. We take that fifty-two percent and match it up with the ninety-five exactly. percent of people who think they do want to give their organs. And that the there's
1: these, there's there's people. These are actual people, actual children, actual families that are waiting dying for a second
0: chance. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit because you have such. And I was kind of asking you this, and we got off track, but you you have been on trips where you go to get and harvest an organ at one medical center, travel with the liver, come back to the center where the child is dying and is going to get that liver, see the operation, and then take care of the child after. Will you tell us a little bit, like, what, is that, what does that look like? How long does that take? Like, what is it? what Do the families talk to
1: each other? You know, like, how, what yeah. happens? Those are great questions. Um, when I did my training in um, Philadelphia, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, the program that um, allows you to learn more about liver transplantation and, and understand more about it requires that you go on these procurements, which means that you go um, with these amazing um, organ procurement organizations that are set up to um like Help. your pager would go, your little kids at home, and your pager would go right? off, right? And it was mm-hmm. like, there's a liver ready somewhere. I mean, it's a it's a complicated story. It actually involves my husband's vasectomy, <laughs> but like that there. Yeah, just... um, <laughs> I know that you'll edit it out probably, but that the no, no, you... human. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be alarmed that he tells the story to almost everybody that we see and meet, um, but he, he had an operation, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'll A be back one. by noon. You know, even then, I had no understanding of what it was going to be. I was like, oh, we're going to go pick it up, and then we're going to come back, was and it was perfect. You went on. It was the first one yeah. that I'd ever gone on, yeah. and I thought, okay, I'll be back. You know, it was, the place was about two hours away. I was like, we'll be back by noon. I'll pick up the kids. You'll be just fine. And he was like, okay, you know. And as I got there, it became very clear that that wasn't what was going to happen. That so that you got
0: to a center where someone had had been had you know irreversible brain death.
1: Exactly, okay. it was actually somebody um, who had been killed by a drug driver, oh, and um, whose family had decided to donate um, all of the organs, all oh. of his tissues. So he went on to to so, heal potentially like seventy five lives, to save eight lives um, in that time. But yeah. because every Every organ was going to be donated. They had to coordinate um, all the teams. all of the different
0: teams. So you can imagine people. I mean, like that could be that could be lungs, heart, um, kidneys, cat. I mean, um, kidneys, you know, kidneys. Uh,
1: liver, intestine, pancreas.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So all of those teams and all those organs are going to
0: different people
1: around in different the states. country. Yeah, around the country. So, so arriving so. by fixed wing plane, arriving by helicopter. It was oh, one of the amazing. most dramatic things I'd ever seen, and it was coordinated. It was like a ballet. It was just this beautiful coordination of to the surgeons work together to and save the so many of a family in lives and
0: profound grief. Uh, exactly. Pain. Yeah. Exactly. So you, they go. You go to the operating room. They get this liver. I mean, and then what? Does it literally go in a cooler? It goes in a cooler. So it has to be infused
1: with preservation solution. Right. Um, but what will happen is all but like of one these... of those like six pack coolers. Um, no, I mean kind I'm just I like I'm, that. Like yeah, Because world, it has like, to be on ice. Seen it. We've never seen it. Uh, it has to be on ice. And so, yeah. you know, everything has to be orchestrated down to the minute. And there's people on the phone because at the same time, to minimize the amount of time that the organ is out of the body, you have to be preparing the recipient too. Yeah. So operations they have to be open, they have to be all ready to go so that I mean, all the time. There's that someone in Philadelphia with this child in. in the operating room. There's right. someone in this
0: other town exactly. with this. this exactly. Around family. the
1: country. You know, there's people yeah. that are flying and people are just working in such precision, these amazing, amazing surgeons are working shoulder to shoulder, yeah. right next to each other. And then, as soon as the organ shows up, the heart gets taken out. So yeah. it, when the oh. heart gets taken out, then, um,
0: then everything just rolls because that's when the clock starts. Yeah, on the time. The, and that's because you know the heart is, of course, what pumps the blood around your body right. and keeps all those organs that could be used for donation. Viable. I mean, it keeps them healthy, and the tissues plush, and they get the oxygen they need. So you're on the clock the minute that That's the heart right. is removed for transplantation. So the rest of the organs right. are dependent on that. And these procurement organizations and hospitals. I mean, everybody
1: is working so hard to do the right thing. Within the challenges that they, have. No, nobody can schedule this. Like it's not, you know, if people you don't have know people have graduations that. that they need to go to or trips, and they
0: cancel them. Yeah, of course. You know, to save so you get lives. the organ, you then drive in this procurement you drove it depends so we did you do- you we drove. drove so then yeah. you drove back to mm-hmm. Philadelphia That's and right. then you and the team, which includes a surgeon with you, or is it a procurement team? So um, I
1: was with the procurement team. Okay. And then that liver actually was split into two pieces oh. and saved two lives.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, and so, but back And that's based the... on a match of blood type and protein type and... Um, mostly blood type for livers. Okay. Um, okay. Blood type and size, but that's... But agilist you know, stuff is not exactly as important. Exactly. Okay. Not, as, not as important. Okay. Um, and then we ran in through the... Um, so we we came back from the procurement in um, in whatever transportation they have. So they actually had rented a limo for us. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you know, and I kind of had expected to be in this ambulance. but we <laughs> oh, you know yeah. instead, it was like whatever car that they had that they, what could, they have. could have available. And yeah. so we were coming back from that and ran in through the ER and went right. straight to the emergency room where they had been communicating
0: with a procurement team, yeah. Up to the minute information, so that the child is ready. Yep, and then they and then you go right to the operating room, and then those surgeons literally connect tubes from that child's Mm -hmm. body, right to the tubes. I mean, like blood tubes. I mean, veins and arteries, really, right? Right? And bile tubes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. all those tubes, and then connect it, and then uh, uh, you know, and then a child is given kind of this new opportunity to. I mean, the liver filters the blood, right? It's the simplest way to say that, right? That's right. And there's nothing so stark as what happens when somebody is dying of
1: end-stage liver disease and that liver goes in and how it changes everything. And it really feels like as a team, as a, as a group, that we snatch these children back from the jaws of death. There's nothing more dramatic than that.
0: <sighs> well, that's amazing, Dr. Sue. Okay. So we, 95% of us want to be um, informed, up-to-date, and, and believe in donation. Most of us, I bet, of that 95% really want to be a donor ourselves, right? Is that what that 95% that's is? That's right, that's yeah. right.
1: That, that we're in favor of this. So yeah. that we think, hey... This
0: is a good idea. Yeah, you know. and, and twenty two people every day wait die in this country waiting for an organ. Now those are all different kinds of organs, not just livers like you specialize in. But so you know, one donor, as you had said earlier, can save and heal seventy five people. Right? That's right, parts of the eye, parts of the heart, parts of the lung, part of the liver. And your this story, your first procurement. How many did you go on when you were a fellow? Um, I did two. Okay. Did yeah, two. these trips. Mm-hmm. So, and that liver, you know, um, took care of two people who needed liver transplantation. So That's beautiful about the liver is that right. there are lobes of the liver right, and they can be broken apart. And then the liver regenerates, right? That's right. Yeah, it kind yeah. of regrows to fill the space it exactly. needs to fill it in a child's with body. Exactly, the patient. Yeah, so if a child mm-hmm. gets a little piece of a liver, it grows with them into an adult size as they age? That's right. That's, that's right. amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so let's just go over then um, how to be a part Of a miracle, God forbid, when your life ends. But also, all the people that you love and know, early in their lives or late in their lives, how to help them do the right thing and become a donor. So let's just super practically, Doctor Sue. Like, what do we do? So the first thing you do
1: is you register and you tell your family members your wishes. Yeah, you know, tell tell your family members and your loved ones that this is these are your wishes, Um, and then you know, keep yourself healthy. You know, I think that the uh, best long-term solution even to solving the organ donor crisis is to avoid the need for transplantation. But,
0: you know. That's like getting a hepatitis you, yeah, B vaccine. Exactly. <laughs> and, if and keeping you, your body healthy. Keeping your body healthy. disease you... comes from the congenital problems. Just to go overview. Yes. Congenital problems. Congenital, problems,
1: congenital genes, problems, hereditary infection. problems, cancer. Yeah. Um, and those are the big ones okay. um, in children in particular. Yeah. Um, and then but those diseases can bleed over into adulthood, too. And those yeah. are people who are needing transplantations then. Yeah. Um, so keeping yourself healthy means that you would be a healthier donor, you know. Um, and yeah. in, in, in addition to all of the benefits that <laughs> would go along with keeping yourself healthy, how you know, old,
0: just how old? So an infant could give if an infant passed away suddenly from, like, let's say, a near drowning horrible, horrible thing yeah. to even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you could transplant an infant's liver. That's true. Okay. Yes. And how old? Like, can you? Tra- if somebody dies of. Um, or, you know, becomes brain dead, I guess, yep. let's say, mm-hmm. up to what age would you take a liver? Would There's you really put a 7 no... year old liver into a 10-year-old kid? Or um,
1: I think that the, the bigger picture is that anybody can donate their liver. Uh-huh. Um, and the more people who donate, the more livers then would become available uh-huh. to everybody else. To prioritize. You know, it. so okay. that even if, you know, perhaps it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the best thing to take a 70-year-old liver for a... An infant, mm-hmm. um, somebody else could get that uh-huh, liver and
0: live maybe ten or fifteen more years. Exactly, if, if they yeah. were
1: sixty or they are fifty, and then the livers that would then become available because people are taking off the list for from transplantation would then become available to children. You yeah. know, really, twenty-two people die waiting every day. Yeah. One person gets added to that list every ten minutes. Um,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, and Around there's the one hundred and
1: twenty thousand people waiting for organs.
0: Yeah. No, I know device. personally some people who are on, a, on wait list for different, not for livers, but for different organs. It's, it's a wildly emotional experience. So um, in summary, it seems like, you know, Dr. Sue's given us this kind of frontline exposed, I mean, for me too, a new story. I never heard this whole procurement story um, into the opportunity of, of really supporting the miracle around solid organ transplantation in this country. Um, and what, easy thing that we can do is help convert that. 95% of us want to be a part of this if our lives end suddenly or prematurely or don't even end prematurely, that we want um, to be a part of keeping other people alive after we don't get to be alive and our loved ones as well. And also then communicating with our loved ones that we really are passionate about it and care about it. So what an amazing opportunity we have.
1: Thank you very much. It's an (laughs) honor to be here.
0: (laughs) Evelyn, thank you so much for sharing that story and um, all that you do to take care of families and patients and all the advocacy you do to help with organ transplantation. You know, there's no question that the reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.